I'm Jess. And I'm George. And I'm Vinny. And this is Transpantastic. A podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens between it. Vinny's back! Yay! Yay, Hey! (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back. You were our first ever interview. Really? Yeah, the first time we actually got somebody else besides the two of us to a microphone, I think it was you. And and then, like, has there been a proud tradition now? There has been. We've had some interviews, and we actually recently had our first online interview with a distance guest, and we're working on scheduling a couple more of them right now, too. So We had some other ones before that were over Skype, didn't we? Not for ours. We were guests on other shows over Skype. Right. But we just had our first Skype guest, uh, the Gender Rebels. A couple months ago. A couple months ago, yeah. Yeah. So, what have you been up to lately, Vinny? (laughs) Driving a lot. I have a... a You got a new job that you commute to, like... Drive a lot. Fucking crazy commute. Yeah, yeah. It's like an hour and 15 minutes each direction, but no traffic. In most cases. Why is that? Why is there no traffic? Because like, you're not in the middle of nowhere like us. Yeah, but I'm heading towards the middle of nowhere. Oh, that's in, why. In an off Nobody's kind of going direction. there. Nobody's Everybody's coming. coming from the middle of yeah, nowhere. Yeah, okay. so it's pretty good. But um, it got me thinking about driving in general. Like before, uh, you know, like I got a new car for the first time ever, like three years ago. Like, I think you had just gotten the bright, uh, we called it attention orange. <laughs> When you were here last time. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. You had just gotten it. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's uh, like an incredible luxury to have like a car that you don't have to worry about like it breaking down or like what's what's going on with it. But before that, your engineering little self had made... I had a, a blue Volkswagen 1981 diesel truck. The baby blue, like, and actually, like, some guy friend of mine was just like, no self-respecting man would ever be caught in that car. And I'm like, excuse me. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, oh, never mind. <laughs> right. But, um, but that, like, I, you know, like all things, I hadn't realized, like, what a big problem that truck was for me until I, like, got rid of it. And so, like, now that I'm, like, three years or four years or whatever it is into the orange whoremobile or what is it? <laughs> Something like that. I feel like that. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like the the feeling is dramatic and different. So like in I was getting pulled over in our suburban neighborhood all the time in the blue truck. And I knew that it was about the way that I looked, but um, I thought it was just going to keep going. And in fact, I was ducking, you know, like I'd be like, oh, there's a cop. And I'd be like, you know, like <laughs> I'm in, the, in my little orange car. And you to, need a babushka. Clarify. You should have a babushka, <laughs> right? Then you could be like, oh, it's somebody's grandma. Leave her alone. To clarify, because this is an audio podcast, you have a fairly androgynous presentation. I do. But you are clearly... Caucasian female assigned human. Yeah, I'm human for sure. Darn it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No uh, dogs driving today. No dogs driving. Um, I'm not feeling like cross species at the moment or like really ever, you know? You've never had the other kin thing going on, never. No. I've talked to some people that have that going on that I'm not one of those people. So, um, I, like, I was just pretty harassed by the cops, in, particularly in the suburb that I moved into. Which is an upper, upper middle class yeah. suburb, far, far outskirts of a large city. Yeah. 
coastal city. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they were just pulling me over all the time. And I and it's not, I'm, it wasn't just the last guy that pulled me over, I remember. And it was, he wasn't a, a white guy. He was a, a big black dude. And he was like, are you in a hurry? And I was like, no. And in fact, I was in third gear. So I know I was going less than 35 in this 35 mile per hour zone. Right. And he was like, uh, I see. Well, um, maybe your lights are out. <laughs> you know? uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, I don't think they're out. It looked like they're working. Yeah. (laughs) And it was kind of like that. And he was like, well, uh, drive home safely, you know? But it it was just always this kind of thing. Like, maybe that's... I engender suspicion. That's what I will say. But apparently not in an orange brand new car. And that was an interesting thing. So the other thing is I gave my truck to my daughter, who's now 18, and she's brown. She's Latina. And uh, she does not get pulled over at all. So it's not just the truck. It's some combination of me and the truck. Now, here's like another point in there. My nephew drives the truck. He gets pulled over more than I do. Because and he's a brown. Brown male. Yes. Latino. With an accent. No With less. an accent. Driving the noisy baby blue mini truck. Yes. Old car. Old mini truck. Yes. Yeah. Gets, so so what I figured out is is that like um, cute Latina teenager not dangerous at all in a truck you know you and I never would believe that yeah okay I know. we know who's dangerous okay? <laughs> that's usually the first category sure uh, it's the teenager yeah I know female female teenager no so much Danger. drama yeah. so much drama. But, uh, but the not the kind of danger that the police are interested in. No. Yeah, that's because I don't know why. There you go. But on the other extreme is my poor nephew. And then I am, like, somewhere in the middle. And I'm sure if you, like, threw a, a black, you know, like, young male into the equation, like, he would outweigh my nephew by a lot, right? Still, the fact that, like, you, as a gender nonconforming individual driving this out-of-place-for-this-neighborhood car... You are out of place. Your car is out of place. We're just going to check. Yep. And and it wasn't really shocking until, like, my daughter drove it. And then I was like, oh, things are messed up. And I'm not making up. And nobody can tell me I'm so making So you up. weren't sure when you gave her the truck, like, yeah. was she going to get pulled over yeah, all the I was, time? Yeah, I was worried. And I was talking her through, like, this is what happens when you get pulled over. Not Keep your hands yet. where you can see. You know, giving them yeah. this talk that a lot of parents of black and brown children have to give their kids. Yeah. Here is how you handle getting pulled over. Here is how you handle interactions with law enforcement. Here is how you behave calmly and respectfully, even when they are freaked out and have a gun in your face. Yep. Yeah. And she has not had any problems. Well, that's good. I'm glad for She's been driving it since I gave it up. That's amazing. Yeah. But I guess the thing that, like, you know, kind of crystallizes as I watched this happening is I was like, well, people find me suspicious. Like... It happens not a lot, but I do get followed in stores and I'm a white middle class person, right? And I don't, I don't look not middle class and I certainly don't look not white. (laughs) I don't know how you would do that. I mean, you're no Rachel Dolejuice, but still. (laughs) No, like that's not a thing. Yeah. You have the trappings of middle class in your presentation. Yeah. 
You have, quote-unquote, real jewelry. Yep. You have glasses that don't look second, third, fourth hand. Yes. You know, they're, they're brand name. They're not broken. Your clothes are, like, they fit your body, and they are appropriate to your station in life. Yeah, I do not look like... Correct. Not, not in your keen hiking boots. No. No, right? Yeah. But you were saying, though, it, it, it often happens on a bad day. Yes, a bad day. So a good day is a day where I'm just like, yep, I'm going to be like a queenie man. And you're going to fucking deal with it, even though I'm in a female body. Just deal with it. And, you know, and people are just like kind of knocked off their like prejudice game. And they're just like, okay, this is entertaining and weird. I'm going to pretend it's not happening. Right? Right. Well, your self-confidence sells it. And I've seen that in a lot of situations where if you're going into a situation in a way that might be potentially dealing with prejudice, dealing with bigotry, dealing with some sort of ism, but you walk in there and own it, then people will defer to your self-confidence even if they wouldn't defer to your minority status. Yeah. So it's the days where I've just like had a bad time or something like that. And I'm like, just trying to lay low that it's like, Almost like I'm a, a a beacon for you know please harass me and and those are the, those are the bad days, those are the bad days wherever you know mm-hmm. I gotta say like medical offices are also just terrible for me. They don't know what to do. Yeah, they don't know what to do, and it's it, it can be either the medical assistant or the doctor, like you know like or both, right? Like it's just like a high chance that something's gonna go wrong when I go to the doctor. And I can see it in their face, like, as soon as they start talking to me, like, how quickly can I get this done? You know, like, and and with the doctor in particular, lots of assumptions, lots of bizarre assumptions. The last doctor I went to, I was like, I'm tired, and this is bigger than menopause. Like, help me out here. Like, you know, oh, and by the way, I had a brain scan that was a little bit abnormal. Can we just do some stuff about this? And she was like, I think you're a depressed alcoholic. I was like, Really? Do you even drink? You need alcohol for that. (laughs) I know. Well, like, I was like, okay, tell you what, I will cut all alcohol out of my life, and then will you listen to me? And she was like, well, let's do some liver labs, because I, the answer was essentially no. I will not trust you to -hmm. say, you know, I'm cutting all alcohol. Well, you know, and this is probably based on experience, that they're like, well, I've had so many patients say that they're cutting out alcohol, but then ended up with cirrhosis anyway. Yeah, so she did like a massive liver panel on me instead of like checking me for the stuff that was I was complaining about. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, the whole liver panel came back and it was fine. Right. Because you're not an alcoholic. Yeah, kind yeah, of. That would yeah, that would be. <laughs> yeah. Details. Yeah. Uh, still depressed and anxious, according to her. So, you know, she got on the phone with me and she was like, great, your liver panels look good. I'm, I'd like to send you to a behavioral psychologist. I was like, no. No, that's not what I asked for. No. I said the brain scan was abnormal. <laughs> yes. Maybe you knew, need one too. <laughs> yeah. Let me, you know what? I recommend that right now for you. There you go. That's when you should start doing recommend shit back to them. Yeah. You know, my work wife once said uh, she would get all this junk mail and she'd save it and put it in the envelopes that had already paid postage and mail it back to those people. You need to give them their shit back to them. Because they have to pay for it. Yeah, so so that's what you need to do. And they call you with this bullshit stuff since you're not going to deal with them anyway. So, you know, here's what I recommend for you. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. And then give them whatever answer you feel like that day. Get your faggy man out and give them the answer. Maybe I have to dress for this. You might have in to. In silver. There you yes. go. Yes. Yeah. Walk Absolutely. in there owning the place and they will have to deal. Yeah. They'll be like, I know you what, have what is that? <laughs> <laughs> we agree you might have an abnormal brain scan. We'll try to help you with that. Right? That would be awesome, right? Don't go in there trying to look average. Yeah. There we go. Never. That's probably like Look the at right this. Approach. Now we're advice column. Uh-huh. <laughs> I get like tired and afraid, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I really wish I had an advocate like in those situations. Well, well you need to call one of us and have us go with you next time. Yeah. Uh, well, I was telling you, you know, I've gone with my aunt to her appointments and and with our number zero child. He would be the one to call, not me. And I said, they'll you look need at me a trans and see another guy. female assigned person. You need a trans guy to go with you to these things. Yeah. And they'll just be like, okay, it's probably her husband and we better just do what we're supposed to. <laughs> you know, know, they don't know what else to do, yeah. really. There's yeah. a guy there, they're just gonna. I'm sitting there with grandma and my aunt and this very smart doctor, this neurologist, and she is still mostly talking to me. Yeah. You, so where's the trans guy you can drag with to the. Yeah. Appointments. Do you have any guy friends from your time in the city? I do. Yeah. yeah. Would any of them be willing to go with you to and the doctor? How do they feel about dressing up? <laughs> yeah. I got. I, I could probably figure something out. I, I know a guy that works in Kaiser in the medical field. and um, So do we. Is not trans, but acts trans. And I'm like, maybe you would be good enough. He's well, like the femiest straight guy ever. I love him. You know, and I mean, I don't think it matters if it's some cis metro guy or if it's a trans guy or anything else. I think just having a male presence. And this is the thing that we were talking about earlier, that they're just going to acknowledge men and take them seriously in a different way than they will you because of those stupid lumps on your chest. Yeah. And because of your softer features yeah. and some combination of those things clicks in their brain and thinks incompetent yeah. and helpless. <laughs> and that's why your your faggy personality works good in these situations because there, there's none of that. You know, they don't have a chance to try to figure out anything else yeah. except deal with like what you're throwing at them. <laughs> See? Yeah. 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 That's good. Yeah. It, it's, it's true. But this is also why you're getting a degree now. I'm getting a graduate degree in the thing that I'm doing and have done for the last 25 years. That's ridiculous, right? It is. Yeah. It so is. So that you'll have credibility in the male dominated field that you work in and not with the people that hire me because they just hire me it's the people that i have to prove that i know what i mean because i'm a fix-it person so it's like when i go to somebody and they're like just bumbling around in the dark and i say you should do this right now what i have to do is actually like take their code away from them fix it hand it back to them and they're like oh you do know what you're doing and like the degree is just like one of those. And this is after you have had jobs with the federal government fixing their effing yes. computer systems. Yes. And you're still getting people with the state government and with corporate... Industry. Like well, industry. Actually. 
And so didn't you have some experiences with that, like, working for the federal government that there was some issue about, like, who was going to let you in or who wouldn't? Yeah. So I worked in this, um, well, I, I worked out of a, another city most of the time, but, like, once a month I'd go to Washington, D.C., and I'd go to our central headquarters, and there was a front door and a back door. The back door was, like, nice. You'd walk out the back door, there'd be coffee on either side, there was a cafe, and, like, everybody... Uh, who was inside the building went out the back door because that's where the stuff was. And the front door was like a train station, like everybody and every vendor. And there's like on, on both sides, there's like these things you scan your badge and you get it because I was in a different office. My badge did not scan. And what's more is I had made several attempts to fix it for, you know, DC and like, my badge was unfixable. And in fact, one of the times, because like I make people suspicious, I was down there, I handed over my badge, my computer's upstairs on the fourth floor. And they're like looking at my badge going, we don't recognize you. And I'm like, holy shit, they are gonna like escort me out the building. And I'm gonna have to like try and call up to get my computer back. Right. But anyways, like I just knew that my badge was unfixable. And also the front door, like they would just let me through, but all the good stuff was in the back. And so everybody would be like, Hey, let's go get coffee. And I'd be like, okay, I'll meet you there because I'd have to go out the front door. Cause you have to scan in and out and go around the back. Because if I went through the back where there was less traffic, like I would be in the midst of this group of people and they would single me out and not let me through. And send you to the front. No, not even send me to the front. Just tell me I had to go like fix my badge. And if I didn't fix it today, they were going to like, I don't know, arrest me or, you know, like all these threats. And it just got to the point where I was like, shouldn't they fix your badge? Yeah. No. No? This is the government. It's always somebody else's fault. Oh, you yeah. Can't yeah. Sorry, I know that. So I knew far that. down the I road. I forgot I've been off of work for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's nuts. And it's crazy to me that because this is something that we've experienced in other settings as well, that if you don't fit a category in someone's brain, then they get mentally hijacked by their inability to categorize you and they assume that it must be something suspicious and something wrong with you. Well, I think I have like tried to figure out like what it is exactly that's suspicious. And I think that I am like female bodied and I mostly act like a man, but sometimes I'm queeny. Like the whole combination, they feel like I'm trying to pull one over on them. Like, oh no, I know you're a woman. You know, like, doesn't matter what you act like, you're a woman and you're trying to pull something over on me. What else are you trying to pull over on me? Like, I think that that's part of like the kind of unconscious bias that's going on. You know, I think that's the suspicion. They don't have an ability to understand that many things could be going on at once. Yeah. You know, like, um, that reminds me of like in the Harry Potter movie when um, Hermione Saint to Ron or Harry, all the feelings that they're having. And the other one's like, no, you can't do that. I'd explode. See, they can't, yeah. they can't compute like yeah. that these things could be happening with a person that they could be female body, but kind of a dude that's faggy. Yeah. And they're just like, no, no, that can't be. No, I can't. And then, I mean, some people can, but there's enough of the other people who can't, that doesn't matter if yeah. there is somebody there who can. Yeah. Because it will be squashed. Well, that's a, you know, um, that's the thing about like, it doesn't take very much, you know, like I'm, I'm resourceful. I'm really resourceful. I am not a resilient person. Like it does not take very much for me to like feel defeated and mm-hmm. just like give up. 
you know? And so, like, it it doesn't take very many of those people to just do me in. Because you've like, done the battle so long. It gets tiring. I think there's something about me, too. Like, I just have to acknowledge, like, I, I, like I'm not a competitive person at all. Like, in fact, I see a competition, and I'm like... I'm going to go do something else. I'm with you, you. You guys take that prize and do whatever you want with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, I, oh, I don't see that. Yeah. And I think that, yeah. like, what I've realized is that it comes down to this intrinsic, like, I'm not resilient. And maybe it's my childhood or I don't know what it is, but it's, and I make up with it, for it, with all this resourcefulness, right? Like, oh, uh, you know, I'm just going to pretend that door is blocked because it's too painful. I will find 10 other doors that nobody even sees, you know? Yeah, I'm not competitive either. Yeah. I don't care. I get even less interested when people are, like, ready to yeah. duke it out yeah. or something. I'm just like, okay, that's boring. Yeah. I just feel really averse to it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's toxic. <laughs> and it's good that you recognize that about yourself, but... I think, again, I don't know how much you could put on that false confidence, like if that would make any difference walking in through that door at the federal building or, you yeah. know. How- I think it would. I think it I think it would make a big difference. The thing is, like, it's just um, so theatrical and energy consuming, right? Mm-hmm. And there's like the, you know, the funny thing is like when I first became a mechanical engineer, I, I worked in a, a universe that was all men. There was like uh, two women in, in the entire campus that were mechanical engineers. And one of them was my boss, which was great. But one of them was far, far away and had been like abused and beaten through the whole system. But I'd walk, I'd, I'd step out of my office and I just want to go pee. And there'd be like three guys that'd be like, hi, what are you doing here? You know what I mean? And I was like, not you. (laughs) And it wasn't even like a a sexual attention. It was just like, what is this weird creature that showed up in our like male laboratory? Can can you tell me how you got here? It's fascinating. And I'm like, it's not fascinating. I just want to do my work. And there's like this element of it too. Like, I want to go get coffee. I want to get back. And I, I don't like, I'm pretty considerably an introvert and I like pull out all the charisma when I have to, to like get through things, but it shouldn't be to get through the front door or the back door in this case. Right. <laughs> and it's really rough to, I don't know. It usually so. takes me some charisma getting through the back door, but <laughs> <laughs> made you laugh. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> you should think about that next time. <laughs> I was like, you just haven't been going with easy enough people. <laughs> oh, for goodness sake. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. 
Any alteration or less than complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening. Tell me about your breakfast, George. I had my breakfast really late because I was doing something. Oh, helping kids organize because they were moving rooms. How about your breakfast, Vinny? What breakfast? (laughs) Two emergencies. There you go. Yeah. And a handful of nuts. Sliced almonds. Yeah, that's right, because you had to take pills. Yep. Yeah. 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 Ruining my day. Every day. Every day. The pills are the... Having to eat. The pills are good. The pills are kicking that cold ass for you. Yeah. Good. Unfortunately, they're also kicking your own ass. Yes. (laughs) That happens. I know. Yeah. Did you bring probiotics? No, I just like, I was like, eventually. I've got like gallon jars full of like pink and purple brewing. Your fermented stuff will make your probiotics for you. Yep. Cool. Yum. I'm going to have some of that. Pickle juice when we get done. Beet. Beet pickle juice. Beet boss. <laughs> yeah. um, Kvass, yes. Yeah, I have to time it so that I take the probiotic at the right time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Are we there yet? Yes, now we can do our introduction. I think I've got the, the levels situated well enough. I might actually... Do you want me... You want, you want my chair closer? No, I was going to move this closer to you guys. Okay. Because I got the pipes and all outweigh both of you if I get too close, but it can be closer to you guys. And Okay. You're good. All right. Are we ready? Yes. Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. Ha, 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 ha.